You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Well, man, it's great to see you, City Tribers, on New Year's Day. And you know, as a pastor, I hear a lot of talking heads going on and on and on about how church attendance is waning in the United States and how many people are bailing out on Christian faith. And then people go on to talk about how homelessness is out of control in some U.S. cities and anarchy and lawlessness are common in other cities. And the narrative basically says that the United States used to be a Christian moral country where most people go to church and aspire to a religious life. But now that we're past the pandemic, people don't care about that stuff anymore. Well, it's certainly true that some people have quit church, but that's actually nothing new. It was actually far worse than things are now in the United States back in the late 1700s and early 1800s. I mean, people were bailing out on church. There was anarchy and lawlessness across the U.S. frontier. People were described as being wild and irreligious. Well, some universities actually had no Christ followers attending. In fact, some Jesus followers actually had to meet in underground gatherings at the universities because people at those schools were so hostile towards them. It was so bad that the Chief Justice of the United States, John Marshall, who, by the way, has a high school named after him here in San Antonio, he wrote to the Bishop of Virginia that the church was too far gone ever to be redeemed. At the same time, the French philosopher Voltaire said Christianity will be forgotten in 30 years. Well, was Christianity forgotten? Of course not. In fact, this dark spiritual season actually led to something brand new. There was a man of prayer named Isaac Bacchus. He was a pastor who in 1794, he started a network of prayer. People started praying all over the country. And after all this prayer came a movement in the United States that historians call the Second Great Awakening. I mean, people were changing. And out of that Second Great Awakening came the whole modern missionary movement to serve other countries. Out of that movement came the abolition of slavery, more educational opportunities for people. Sunday schools rose up, many social benefits across society, along with spiritual investigators who had been hostile to the faith started coming to faith in Jesus. And here's what I want you to know during this 21 Days of Prayer series is that we can't change our city, country, or world without God changing us first. We've got to commit to pray and ask God to change us, not the world out there, but the church in here. We've got to change. You know, I went through a significant spiritual awakening when I was a teenager. I was at a church camp, and all of a sudden I felt this unusual conviction over my own sin. And I felt this wave of emotion and uncontrolled weeping. And to be clear, what I was experiencing was way more than just emotions. In fact, 
it led to change in my heart and in my life. After that spiritual experience, I somehow had the ability to immediately quit using drugs and I was willing to share Christ with my unbelieving friends. And for some weird reason, I quit spending every single weekend just going out to eat and going to the movies. And I started serving people on the streets who were without homes. And I had this overwhelming desire to start making a difference. Now, what I understand about my life is that there are new levels of spiritual growth for me to attain so that I can make more of a difference. And I believe that God has that for you too. So here's our prayer for 21 days of prayer in 2023. God, make a difference in me so that I would make a difference for you. Let's say that out loud together. Will you say it with me when I point to you? God, make a difference in me so that I would make a difference for you. And you know, those of you that are new to City Tribe, every year during 21 days of prayer, we pray for something. And this year, I want you to understand, we're not praying for health, even though health is good. We're not just praying for jobs, even though it's good to have a job. We're not even just praying for that hot woman or hot man, if you're single, to marry you. But we're praying, God, make a difference in me so that I would make a difference for you. And in all those other issues, what I found over the years is that if we take care of God's kingdom, he'll take care of our little kingdoms. And so let's pray for him to make a difference in us and see what God does during this series. Now, one of the spiritual disciplines that makes a huge difference in our spiritual lives is fasting. And what we've seen over the years is that prayer with fasting is often connected to spiritual warfare. Now, I need to give you a disclaimer here for those of you that are new to City Tribe Church. What I'm about to explain to you is going to sound a little bit weird. But when Jesus was going to begin his ministry, what was one of the first things that he did? He was led by the Spirit of God to pray and to fast. And one of the reasons that Jesus overcame all the devils and all of Satan's temptations that he experienced in the wilderness was because Jesus was fasting through those 40 days. So as we start our ministry for the year 2023, let's do what Jesus did and start our ministry for the year with fasting and prayer. And I want to tell you another story of what Jesus experienced related to fasting and spiritual warfare. Is that one day Jesus and his young disciples, they encountered this boy who had a demon manifesting in and through him. And I, this is the part that's going to be a little bit weird. Well, the demon would cause this boy to have epileptic kinds of seizures. And when Jesus' disciples tried to cast the demon out of the boy, nothing happened. I mean, the demon just stayed there. So, why couldn't the disciples cast that demon out? Well, I know what some of you are thinking and what some of you are going to say. You're going to say, well, it's because the disciples were not fasting and praying. And you would be right about that. But don't skip over the other reasons from the text that Jesus explained to the disciples why they couldn't cast that demon out. Let me show you Matthew chapter 17, verse 17. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless, underline the word faithless, and perverse, underline the word perverse. Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? 
And so it kind of seems like Jesus is rolling his eyes and he's like, bring the kid over here. And he brought the kid over to himself and Jesus healed the boy. He cast the demon out of the boy. And Jesus said to his disciples that you're, you're spiritually powerless because you were faithless. And faithless is when you're not connected enough to God. When you're not connected enough to God, you don't believe that the promises he gives are going to come true. Jesus also said they were spiritually powerless because they were perverse. Being perverse is when you're too connected to the world and your own fleshly desires there. And we're going to unpack that next week. So here's what happened next. The disciples kind of come up to Jesus with their tail between their legs, and they ask him, okay, Jesus, why couldn't we cast the demon out of the boy? And I want to show you what Jesus said next, and I'll be reading this from the New King James Version of the Bible. This is Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. And Jesus said, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. See, prayer and fasting together bring a supernatural power into the spiritual warfare situation. Now, if you flip a few pages over in your Bible or a couple, a few books over, uh, you're going to see in the book of Acts, you'll see Paul and Barnabas prayed and fasted with a group of their Christian friends. And after their fast, they had an encounter with a demon, just like Jesus and his disciples had had. And there was this guy who was a sorcerer named Alemus. And I want to show you what the demon did in that story in Acts chapter 13, look at verses seven and eight. It says, he attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Alemus, the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. Have you ever sensed like a spiritual presence or something attached to a person that distracted them from believing? Or sometimes it's on a person who will distract another person from even listening to the word of God so that they might potentially believe. Well, they were prepared because they had been praying and fasting. Now look, I'm not a fasting Jedi, but one time I was led into a fast and little did I know that near the end of that fasting season, I would end up helping a pastor friend of mine in a spiritual warfare situation. And it was involving a young woman who had been involved in generational Satanism. Now the demon controlling the young woman in this counseling situation kind of manifested by growling and carrying on. And, it, you know, when, when these demons would manifest, it'd make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, the hair on my eyebrows stick out, you know, because it was a crazy situation. And then to distract us, the demon would cause the young woman to look over at her purse. And every time she would look at that purse, her cell phone would start ringing inside the purse in order to distract us from the conversation that we were trying to have. We continued praying and ministering to this young woman. And by God's grace, eventually that demon was forced to leave. And today that same young woman is happily married to an awesome dude. 
and she's living her dream of raising horses and still walking with Jesus. And as I sat down and reflected on that experience from many years ago, I wondered if I would have not been fasting, would I have been any help in that situation? And that led me to the thought, how many times have I been completely powerless and unhelpful in a spiritual warfare situation because I wasn't willing to regularly fast? So now I want to ask you, are there spiritual battles that you've not yet won because you've not been willing to fast? And if you want to encounter God on a new level in 2023, I want to ask you to consider seven types of fasting and abstaining during the 21 days of prayer. And notice I made a distinction between fasting and abstaining because fasting is always going without food in the Bible as I see it. So during these 21 days that start on January the 8th, a lot of us are going to begin fasting and abstaining from different things. Here's number one of the seven. There's a full fast. That's where you go without food and water during a certain period of time. And then number two is what's called a food fast. That's where you drink water, but don't eat any food. Now, if you're going to try either one of these first two types of fasts, I want to make sure that you get your doctor's permission and don't do anything crazy that's going to affect your health. And if your job involves strenuous physical labor, you may want to fast only one or more days during the week rather than the whole week. But here's the third type of fasting. This is a popular type that a lot of people know about these days, and it's called intermittent fasting. That's just eating between fasting cycles. So a lot of people do what's called the 16-8, where you fast for 16 hours and then you eat within an eight-hour window. Now, there are both spiritual and health benefits to intermittent fasting. You know, I uh, read some information from a world-renowned expert on intermittent fasting and treating people with type 2 diabetes. His name is Dr. Jason Fung. He said in his many best-selling books that intermittent fasting can help you in a number of different ways in your life. He says it'll improve your mental clarity and concentration. So, hey, if you fast during this time, you'll think better. He says it'll affect your weight and your body fat loss. Hey, who doesn't want to lose a few LBs during the 21 days, right? He says it can reverse type 2 diabetes, increase your energy, lower your cholesterol. And then there are other experts that would tell you that fasting fights the effects of aging at the cellular level. And so, hey, we're going to look younger after the 21 days. He says it reduces the damage to DNA, it boosts stem cell production, and it even protects your brain cells. So you're going to be smarter after the 21 days. Fasting can add years to your life. So we're going to live longer because we're fasting during the 21 days of prayer. But look at the fourth type here. And this is what's called the Daniel diet where you drink water, you eat fruits and vegetables, you know, a vegetarian type of diet. And this type of eating was actually popularized by the Old Testament Bible character, Daniel. But look at number five. This is called the partial abstention. And this was a real practical way of living during the 21 days that a lot of people in our folks have, have done, where you give up at least one item of food. Maybe you give up meat, wine, chocolate, coffee. Just don't give up something that you don't really like, like liver and onions or something like that. But look at number six. 
This is abstaining from media, you know, social media, TV, Netflix, or internet. I saw this study published by Cyber Physiology, Behavior, and Social Networking. And in the study, they split nearly 2,000 people who are aged around 34 years of age on average, and they put this group of people into two groups. And one group would keep on with their Facebook and social media as usual. The other group would quit using it for a week. After a week, people who had given up Facebook were better off in several regards. They had better well-being and life satisfaction. And so this could help us during the 21 days if you want to fast from social media. Now what some people do, if you have to use your social media for your job, you just only use it for your job-related tasks. Others of us will just delete the social media apps from our phones, and then we just reinstall those apps after the series, after the 21 days. And every time you have that urge to eat or every time you have that urge, you want to check your social media if you're doing without that for the 21 days, just pray, hey, God, make a difference in me that I could make a difference for you. God, I'm doing without this stuff and I'm focusing in on praying and connecting with you so that you would make a difference in me so that I could make a difference in others. Now look at number seven. And this is a very popular way to live during the 21 days. A lot of us can do this. And it's what we call the combination fast and abstaining. So an example of this would be that some people will fast from all food just one day during the week because that's what their lifestyle allows. And then they'll abstain from meat, coffee, and social media every day during the fast. So um, if you're wondering how to decide what to fast from or abstain from, just sit down and pray and ask the Lord and just pray something like this. Say, Holy Spirit, bring to my mind what you wish me to fast and abstain from, and then just sit and listen. And God will, by his spirit, bring things to mind that you're to abstain from during the 21 days in order to focus in on him in prayer. It's all about being able to focus in your prayers. And years ago, I was a youth pastor and I was discipling a young man named Jason. And he was, Jason was unusually burdened for his stepdad. And he really, you know, the stepdad didn't really like Jason coming to the church youth group. Well, Jason and I would get together once a week and we prayed for a stepdad whose name was Mark. And I remember Jason, when we were praying, Jason would weep for his stepdad. He wept over how he and his stepdad used to fight all the time. And I knew very few sophomore guys in high school who were willing to meet with me before school, early in the morning, down at the church to pray for stepdad. But Jason was willing to do that. Then one day, I get this phone call from Mark, Jason's stepdad. And he sounded a little bit hostile over the phone. And he wanted to meet me in person. So uh, against my better judgment, I met with him. And I was a little nervous about meeting Mark because I thought he was going to gripe at me about Jason's involvement in our church youth group. And then when I got there to meet him, I was really surprised that Mark was not hostile at all. But he had been impacted on how Jason was trying to honor him at home. 
you know, teenagers and students, if you want to freak your parents out, just honor them at home and they'll wonder what's wrong with you. But we ended up becoming really good friends, Mark and I. And Mark began to follow Jesus. He was baptized in our church. In addition, Mark became a volunteer in our youth ministry, and he was a sponsor at youth camps and other youth events. And since he worked in the food industry, Mark ended up donating thousands of dollars worth of food and supplies over the years to church youth group events. Mark ended up making it quite a difference himself. He made a difference in people's lives through his service and his generosity. And all this happened in Mark's life because one young man, Jason, was willing to pray for his stepdad. And here's what I wanna ask you today. Is there one young man or young woman who's watching this stream right now who will honestly pray to God, make a difference in me so that I can make a difference in the life of my parents or my step-parents? Is there one parent who will honestly say, God, make a difference in me so that I can make a difference in my kids? Is there one person watching this stream who will pray, God, make a difference in me that I would make a difference in the life of my coworkers on the job? Is there one student who will pray, God, make a difference in me that I would make a difference in the life of my friends from school? Is there one person watching this who will pray, God, make a difference in me that I would make a difference for you in my neighborhood with the people that live around me? And I wanna challenge you all now to apply what we're talking about right now. And here's how I wanna ask you to do this. I wanna ask you to get up from where you're at right now and do what we call a prayer walk. Now, if you're riding in the car right now, don't get up and do a prayer walk. You just do a prayer drive in what you're doing right now. But just say, good father, as you walk around the block, good father, God, make a difference in me that I would make a difference for you with all of these neighbors. Some of you are out of town right now visiting relatives, and you may just want to pray, God, I pray for this community that's around me. Make a difference in me and my family and friends that live here so that they could make a difference for you and your kingdom. And you know what? If you're so inclined, go ahead and take a picture of yourself on your prayer walk, walking around the block, praying. Not to draw attention to yourself, but what that'll do is it'll encourage other people who are a part of our church that perhaps know you and follow you to start prayer walking themselves. And just so you know, every week during the 21 Days of Prayer series, we're going to be doing different types of prayer walks right after the service. And we're going to be asking the Good Father, God, make a difference in us that we would make a difference for you. So with that in mind, what do you say we wrap up with prayer? God, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. We thank you for the ways that you're speaking to us about what we're to abstain and fast from. And I pray that you would make us a people who are holy, that we would be pure and not perverse. I pray that you would make us honest and raw and authentic about where we're at spiritually so that we can change. I pray that you would make us hopeful, a people of faith that believe that you will fulfill your promises. And I pray that you would make us holistic, that we would serve the world around us with tangible, emotional, and spiritual needs, all to your credit and glory, that we would see a great awakening in our hearts and in our city. 
and then in our world. And we ask these things in the powerful name of Jesus, everyone said, amen. Well, man, I am so glad that you were willing to take time out of your New Year's Day schedule to sit down, watch this stream and worship online. And I so look forward to being with you live and in person in the Cameo Theater next Sunday on January the 8th to continue our 21 days of prayer series. Now, in addition to starting the year with fasting, let's start the year off right with biblical stewardship as well by putting our money uh, where our mouths are right? And so there are going to be three ways that we can do that today. Since we're streaming online only and we're not meeting in person, you can send in your tithes and offerings by mail. You can also uh, text to tithe, or uh, you can just go to our website on any device, citytribe.church slash tithe and take care of it there. So before you guys worship through your generosity and stewardship and go on those prayer walks, what do you say I speak a benediction over us and then we'll be dismissed? Dear brothers and sisters, as you walk away from this stream and you begin to fast and you begin to pray, may God make a difference in you that you would do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think, that God by his spirit would blow your mind by the powerful things that he does in your life, then through your life to make a difference in the world go from here with power and take his love grace mercy to a world that desperately needs it you guys have an amazing new year and we'll see you next sunday we're glad you were a part of the tribe today to further connect with us check the city tribe youtube channel itunes soundcloud instagram facebook or our website citytribe.church may you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved